You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me as always is Stocks. Hello, hello. On the show today, misinformation on Spotify, the big winners in women's podcasting, a new chapter for audiobooks, we try to keep up with the Kardashians, Mark Fennell tracks down Stuff the British Stole, and we enter the data center. From the Australian Podcast Awards and DM Podcasts, let's get into it. Okay, Stocks, we talked about this a little while ago when it came to COVID and platforms trying to sort of work around misinformation. And obviously, there's a lot of content that goes on to podcasting platforms every single day. It's growing exponentially, much like the universe it expands, never ending. We're getting more and more content. And with that comes greater challenges on how to actually regulate that content. Maybe not regulate, but try and sort of keep an eye on what's being said to ensure that, you know, hate speech isn't going out, misinformation, whatever it kind of is. Um, and that's something Spotify has really been sort of leading the charge on, I suppose, over the last uh, you know couple of years since really COVID started, and 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 they sort of you know rose to prominence within the podcasting space as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's just you can come out and upload anything you want to a podcast, and there's not really any guidelines on most of these platforms either. Mm-hmm. So if you look at something like YouTube, you put something up that's let's say pornographic, it's going to get taken down. If it's something that's got breach of copyright, it's got music that you don't have rights to, it gets pulled down. Um, but with podcasting, it's kind of a bit of a wild west out there. Yeah, that's right. And anything that sort of revolves around visuals, the machine learning around that has just evolved so it's so far beyond anything that happens in audio. So they're so far ahead of the game. They're able to recognize, you know, as you said, pornographic images, anything that's kind of, you know, represents a certain symbol, uh, symbols, they can pick up straight away because there's enough of a data set there that they can compare against. And those comparisons through machine learning can just happen, you know, at the speed of light, essentially. Um, but Spotify has made a big acquisition recently of a company called Kinzin, who specializes in this ex- exact thing, machine learning to analyze content and report potentially harmful statements uh, to human moderators. So it gives the human moderators who ultimately have the final call just a bit of a kind of jump start, a bit of a head start to get into the content to find the ones that might have you know this harmful stuff in there or misinformation and they're able to adjudicate and make that final decision so there is a bit of a machine plus human uh, curation element to it but it just sifts through the, the weeds i guess i'm all for this definitely i mean look what happened with the uh trump election and facebook and cambridge analytica yeah well i mean if trump's claims that he is the greatest of all time come back to be true then we're all in a bit of trouble maybe we need to rethink a few things there <laughs> Look, in other news, the International Women's Podcast Awards uh, for 2022, they announced their winners recently. The awards recognize the work of women and non-binary people in podcasting, both behind the mic and behind the scenes, people who've created incredible audio moments and intimate listening experiences. Now, the organization behind this is the Skylight Collective. It's a UK-based organization. And I guess that it's mantra or I guess its mission is that less than a third of the most successful podcasts in the world are hosted by women and the number run by women of color is shockingly small so they're just trying to address that balance um, the skylark which is uh, the name of the collective is a bird that looks small and unassuming but has a clear powerful voice that is audible as it soars high in the air so you know some nice imagery and some nice a really uh, interesting project. We've talked about discovery in the past before, and it's often really hard to kind of work out what podcasts you want to listen to and all that kind of thing. Now, at least this does bring 
you know, women's shows up a lot higher and gives them some exposure, which, you know, ultimately just means that those can be discovered a bit more. And, and what that leads to is people who are listening down the track who might not have heard these shows, women, young girls, whoever, they hear this and they go, great, these things do get a bit of exposure. This is worthwhile my creating this kind of content and, and having a crack. So it's, it's great in kind of promoting just a bit of equality, a bit of uh, have a go spirit, really. Yeah, yeah, and recognition is so important as inspiration for the next generation coming through. I listen to a couple of the podcasts, so they do have their own podcast called Smashing the Ceiling. Have a look at that. I will leave that in the notes. But I went through some of the podcasts, and there's one called Effing Hormones. It is a fucking awesome podcast, sorry to swear. But it won Comedy Gold, and it won Best Wellbeing Podcast at the British Podcast Awards. And so this is an outstanding one. So Effin Hormones is four friends discussing the 10 years in a woman's life that lead up to menopause. So it's called perimenopause, which I didn't know was a thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously not the target demographic. Sure. But it's hilarious because it, it just shows that you can basically, if you're having fun, you can make any topic interesting. Yeah, exactly right. And even if it's not a topic that speaks to your biology... Per se, you're still getting a kick out of it. So, great. You're learning. This yeah. is good stuff, Stocks. Look, and I recommend if you want to jump into it, there's a Best of 2021 episode, which just has sort of probably has about five clips from over the course of the year and it's their best, best gear, easy way to jump in. You really get um, very British, smart-ass humour. It's, uh, it's really good. That. Yeah. All Highly right, recommend. F and Hormones. F and Hormones. Okay, the next one we want to talk about is audiobooks. Now, podcasts, audio, audiobooks, audio, it's all falling under that audio umbrella. This is something that's quite obvious to Spotify, no doubt, who want to be the champions of audio. That's been their mantra since the very beginning. Um, and they're taking on Audible. So, Audible currently dominates the audiobook space. Big opportunity in the market with consumers and publishers seeking alternatives. Yeah, I think publishers are really screaming out for another option. Audible does kind of have the industry by the neck and it's ripe for disruption. Uh, I know publishers like Booktopia are starting to think about this space as well and I think they're looking at doing things that are audio first as opposed to being adaptions of books Mm -hmm. because this is where things are going. What Spotify has done is they've basically replicated the Audible model. They have the podcasts in their audiobook section of the existing app and you buy them. You buy them on an individual basis. I think the opportunity here, and I, they mustn't just have the scale with the publishers to do it, but I think the opportunity here is to do a subscription. So if you were able to offer a subscription and then it's unlimited audiobooks for that, I would be in and that would be actually disrupting the place. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Amazon one has been around for quite a while and you do get some sort of, you know, one book a month or whatever the kind of breakdowns are. But having to get out and buy that individual book is really, one, you have to leave the platform to do it. Yes. And then you come back in and then you listen to it through the platform. So it's a bit disjointed. I mean, we understand why they do that or maybe maybe people don't. Well, look, I think also the thing with Spotify is they disrupted the music industry by giving you music on demand yeah. and you just streamed the world's catalogue of music as opposed to buying individual songs through a service like um, Apple Music or something. But yeah, look, it is at a disadvantage to Audible because the way that um, Apple's App Store rules work is if you're on Spotify on an Apple phone, you have to pay 30% of the revenue of your subscription would go to Apple. So that's why when you go into on an iPhone, if you go into Spotify to buy something or subscribe to a, a podcast that costs money, 
Um, it actually has to take you out of the app and you have to go to a website. So it's clunky. It's not one touch. That's why I believe we've done a podcast recently, a subscription one, and the Apple subscription is outstripping the Spotify one because it's just Apple Pay. You just double tap. It's your so button. easy to do. It, it's absolutely frictionless. So I think they're going to struggle a bit here to take on Audible, but then it's probably much more approachable because more people would have Spotify app on their phone than yeah. they would have Audible. But I think the opportunity there would be to do something like a subscription. They obviously just, as we're saying, don't have the leverage or, or the vision, let's say, to of get the publishers to yield. But I think the publishers are all looking for alternatives to Audible. The subscription thing is quite interesting because, I mean, you know, there's a straight sort of model opportunity where you say you pay X amount premium subscription, you get access to every single thing over the, over the month that you're subscribed. Or, you know, you have it a tiered approach where you might say, okay, you've got access to all of these books that were released 12 months ago, but anything in it that's been recently released in the, in the last 12 months, you have to pay for that individually or whatever the kind of breakdown might be. But there's a hell of a lot of opportunities there to explore some of these things. I think ultimately, you know, publishing has, has been in a bit of a tailspin, really. Yeah, you know, if there's ever a business industry that needs to... Yeah, totally. And I think one of the benefits, I guess, that you know musicians have over authors is that they can go out and tour and they can get extra revenue there. So they can afford to kind of put their music onto a streaming service and get that exposure and, and have them remain in front of mind with people. Yeah, no one's getting rich off their Spotify. No, that's money. right. So if they do end up, you know, if authors going into this, you know, pie of money and they get a selection based on how many streams they get, well, look, their revenue is going to go down dramatically, but it is another source. So. Mm. And it's interesting, Audible's going the other way the last couple of years. When you have your subscription, you get your one book a, a month, but... You're also getting all this content now. Like we did an audio book, a Batuta audio book with them where they paid us more than the book publisher paid us yeah, right. to make an audio version of the book. But they want to give you all this other content that goes around having um, yeah, having as part of the membership. So they want it to become a listening app. Yeah. So they've made an investment. So there's a lot of things on there which are actually free with your subscription. And a lot of good good quality content. I know Mark Fennell's done a lot of stuff on there. That's been one of his sort of key business models. Friend of the show. And then the other thing as well is they've added all podcasts to it as well. And it's much easier for Audible to add content than it yeah. is for Spotify to add books because all they got to do is say, hey, just submit your RSS feed to our app and you're on. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. Now, there's a company called Spiracle in London and they are another recently launched audiobook service. They focus on indie presses and international translations, which is an interesting niche. I looked them up on LinkedIn. They've only got four employees on LinkedIn. Um, so they don't seem to be a massive operation. But it's really, the website's an interesting look. It's got sort of independent bookstore vibes and it's a subscription thing. So you can purchase individual books, but their model is a subs subscription. Obviously, a lot smaller scale. They're not trying to offer you every book in the world and they're not dealing with the big publishing houses. So I imagine they had a lot more leverage in those discussions, but they've also got a niche because you can't get the books anywhere else. So yeah. that's, that's worth a look. I'm an audiobook guy. I'm never reading another book. That's a decision I made about a year ago. You're just saving shelf space? Yeah, yeah, and saving trees. But no, I just can't read a book anymore. It don't have time. This is the industry I'm in. Yeah, so. too much to do. Yeah, to too much. Moves to make. <laughs> <laughs> now, big splash this week was the Kim Kardashian podcast. Now, if I told you there was a Kim Kardashian podcast, what would you think it would be about? I would imagine it would be something like Keeping Up the Kardashians uh, by just an audio form. So, a lot of, you know, well, it depends who you listen to, but I guess a lot of voices that I personally find a little bit Grating? Yes, the Calabasas Creole. Yeah. Yeah, in my mind, it was going to be something like what Jada Pinkett Smith does, like the Red Table or something. Yeah, okay. Her talking to 
all her famous friends yep. or something. Very lo-fi at the dining room table. But no, no, it's a Spotify original. It's called The System. And the first season is the case of Kevin Keith. So, keeping in the great tradition of Kardashian, she's working with a KK initialed person. Uh, initial two episodes dropped of an eight-episode series. It is narrated by Kim, but it's also... Look, Christian's put the gun team together around this. There's a lady, uh, Laurie Rothschild and Saldi who is a TV producer, EP, and CEO of Big City TV, which is the production company behind this. So she's done a lot of true crime TV. And then she apparently ran and met Kim when they did a Kardashian City Family Feud, episode of Family Feud in the US. Sorry, the whole show is a family feud. But yeah, <laughs> just to qualify that. And yeah, they met and Laurie basically pitched her this story. And then they got the team behind Atlanta Monster, so, they are Tenderfoot TV and Atlanta Monster is one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. You got me onto that one. Yep. You're welcome. Yeah. And they've got a ton of catalog of fantastic work. So, this team is phenomenal and it's very much in that Atlanta Monster style of production. So, it's Kim is a narrator but she's not driving the show. There's other voices driving yeah. the show. So, it's not eight hours of Kim which would be a punish. They're essentially in the system. They're launching a new franchise show and Kim's the figurehead that's going to help launch this show. She's had great success with this strategy, you know, through all the branding opportunities that she's had. She's a billionaire now, you know, obviously a very smart person. She became a lawyer. So here we go. She's putting that training to good use and, and trying to release people. Yeah. Um, and it's a very serial, they've taken the serial approach where it's taking a guy who's been convicted and they believe wrongly convicted an Ohio man who was convicted of triple homicide um, about three decades ago and has been working alongside his family to prove that he was wrongly accused. And it's a classic uh, case of a uh, defense lawyer who was their first case, mm -hmm. so was probably overmatched and would have an opportunity of maybe being able to turn this one over. This does follow some of her advocacy work over the last few years in the criminal justice reform area. Uh, particularly in wrongful sentencing. Um, she made some headlines in 2018 when she petitioned Donald Trump for clemency in the case of an Alice Marie Johnson who served 22 years in prison. So, look, this is a passion space for Kim. Good honour. So, if you're wrongfully convicted and currently locked up, you've got serial coming after you or potentially the system as well. So, you know, things might be looking up. I'd suggest Deedpol and change your name to <laughs> KK and she'll come for you. But the timing of the release is interesting because it was released the same day that... Kim Kardashian settled her crypto security case. It was about a two million Australian dollar settlement for unlawfully touting a crypto token without disclosing it. Interesting that the two things happened on the same day. Yeah, which one will be more remembered? I'm guessing it's probably going to be the former. Yes. A bit of local news. Uh, Southern Cross Australia, SCA, announced an AdWiz agreement across Stitcher and SiriusXM podcast in Australia. This is great news for SCA. Basically, what it means is they get to represent the Australian listens or inventory of some of these big US companies, which is great boon for them. Stitcher is a serious organization. But what would be great is if Australian podcasting could achieve enough scale where there were reciprocal agreements. We do have some shows that have good US and UK audiences, and it's really hard to monetize them. Yeah. You're getting really low CPMs for audience listens and there's not really any great relationships, but I think that's just scale. It'll be a lovely world when that all changes and these podcasts start doing better overseas. Absolutely. I mean, that just opens up a whole new, obviously, market for any local content creators here. If you're in a sort of pretty niche subject, 
maybe you get discovered overseas and maybe you kick it off, but these sorts of arrangements will mean that there's a better avenue with which to do so. Uh, more local news. As you said, friend of the show, Mark Fennell, his stuff, the British Stole podcast, is becoming a TV show. So it's a co-pro between ABC TV and the Canadian Broadcasting Company, the CBC, and it got some funding from Screen Oz. It's a six-part series. Um, it's going to basically continue down the road of what stuff the British style was, which is looking at things that have ended up in British museums from all around the world and exploring, I guess, the story behind it and how it was taken without permission. One of the strengths of podcasting is really if you have a bit of a profile, if you're a media person, you can trial out some ideas like this in podcasting form. And he brings a lot of his, of his production now to these shows that he's done. We spoke to him about Nut Jobs, which was with Amazon. Um, we touched on stuff the British stole then as well. But he really kind of brings that sort of TV sensibility to the work that he does. It's great audio. It's very rich. And it's a good way to sort of test and, and prove that there is a kind of audience here that that would be interested in, in watching something long form. And, and you know, he's able to adapt what he's done in the actual show to the screen quite well you know we're talking about before uh finding other markets outside of australia for these things canada you know a member of the empire as well is is you know well placed to be in a similar situation to have interest in this as they kind of navigate their kind of modern relationship with the with the monarch it'll be interesting to see how um how much canadian influence there is in there whether it was just a funding thing or whether he was that there is actually a canadian voice to this show i mean good on the abc they commissioned the podcast originally i believe it was during lockdown so he was pulling off some pretty high wire stuff in terms of production and then to be able to follow it up once we're out of pandemic he able to just go over and actually shoot the stuff now i did look at the trailer and there's an awful lot of mark fennell walking in this <laughs> he's had a very sedentary lifestyle for the past couple of years so he wants to get out and about yeah there's at least five six shots in the trailer which is sort of 90 second trailer of him walking and talking it's very aaron sorkin west wingy all right i like that Okay, so we're going to go and jump into, I guess, what we're going to call for now the data center. Each week, there's usually some information coming out, new studies that have been commissioned about podcast audiences. This is a real problem for the podcast industry is that there is no real centralized source of data. And so, look, each week, we'll look at something that's been released and pick the bones on it, really. Sure. So, look, there's a fan study by Anchor FM. Anchor FM is owned by Spotify, so they release some insights. It's the data to help you grow your show. So, there is an agenda to this data. It is basically trying to encourage you to start a podcast, which is great, which I'm all for. It's insights based on podcast consumption on all shows hosted on Spotify. So, that's a fair amount of shows. Mm -hmm. They don't give a number, but there's a fair amount of shows, and it's from April 1st to June 30th of this year. So, it's a three-month sample size, which is significant. There's some interesting takeaways here. There's uh, Gen Z is actually discovering podcast content at a rate more than double of any other generation. I mean, you are coming from a base of zero, so it is a bit of a skewed stat. You know, they're also discovering things like how to drive and how to have sex um, qu quicker than other generations because they're starting from a base of zero. But that's just me being cynical. Uh, even the smallest podcasts ha often have listeners from around the world. Now, anyone who's ever looked at their podcast data goes, hey, how the hell have we got someone? We've got two listeners in Saudi Arabia and one in Zimbabwe. How'd that happen? So, this is basically saying that even small podcasts have these odd listenerships. It doesn't explain why. I really would like to know why, but it's just random expats I've always thought in some part of the world. Yeah, there we go. And hello to our Zimbabwean audience. <laughs> Absolutely. And then religious podcasts are the most popular podcast category in Asia Pacific. Wow. 
Yeah. I would not have picked that. Yeah, that's a concern. I mean, I'm hoping Korea was going to be skewing the data there, but Spotify has just is just about to launch podcasts in Korea, so it's not there. Wow. So is it Hillsong? There are, pardon the pun, devoted audiences, but that really does surprise me that it is that big in the world of podcasting. But I mean, again, like, you know, you've got sermons, you've got all of these evangelical churches or whatever the kind of denomination might be. So it makes sense that, again, this is another format that can translate into podcasting quite well. And so there you go. Is there a market opportunity that we've completely missed here at DM? Yeah, I think we've we're definitely got something to look at. Praise be. Absolutely. And then finally, stick with it. The biggest growth happens for your podcast during the first four months. Seems obvious, but just good to know. Good to know. Totally. Keep and plugging I, away. I think that, you know, you and I can attest to this. You go in with just, you know, big aspirations of what the thing might be. You record your first show. You think, oh, my God, this is absolute garbage. And then it sort of takes you down a couple of pegs. But if you do keep at it, hopefully you get more and more comfortable doing what you're doing. You sort of get more of an idea about what you want the show to be and you're able to evolve. But obviously these things are just a matter of attrition. That's the right. The people who keep going are the ones who end up succeeding. What was that great statistic that half of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts have one episode? So people don't come back. Crazy. Stick with it, folks. Okay, another bit of data. And this this is a good one to talk around, I think, is... Recently was Podcast Day 24, and according to data from the Australian podcast ranker, Apple Podcasts is still the number one podcast platform in Australia. According to the data, Apple accounts for 46% of all downloads for shows on the ranker, and Spotify only 19%. So, what is the Australian podcast ranker? Totally. So, is this like the TV ratings that they have and radio ratings? Oh, the mysterious black box? Yeah. No, it is done by run by Commercial Radio Australia. When podcasts kicked off, uh, really started to kick off a couple of years ago, Commercial Radio went, we got to get around this. So, they basically wanted to create this ranker, make it easier for sales, kind of like the ra- radio ratings, I guess. Uh, you've got to opt to go on it. So, most podcasts aren't on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big podcasts like Shameless, Dill Barkley, Alpha Blokes, things like that that you'll see on Spotify charts aren't on this ranker. Right. It's it's Hamish Nandy. It's things like that. Right. So, so it does skew towards kind of radio it land. So like a podcast platform like Acast, which is big, yeah, will not put anything on there. Right. Those big podcasts we mentioned before wouldn't even have existed. So what what's the apprehension for them for putting stuff on there? Is it like a, do you have to? We well, got to pay right. for a start. There you go. And it's also why why would I give you my numbers? Yeah. And why do we want radio to control us? That was our point of view on it. Is we didn't really want radio to be taking control of this. Fair enough. It's a digital medium. It's independent. Um, we're all sitting here in our, you know, with our laptops and recording podcasts. So why should commercial radio control this as well? You start to feel beholden to this thing, and then they've got their little filthy hands around it <laughs> yes yes uh, look and the elephant in the room on this one is that youtube's the largest podcast platform in the world and it appears nowhere in any of these reports so even when they're talking about spotify being the number one platform in australia which was announced sort of early last year didn't count for youtube on that the cumulus media and signal hill insights podcast download spring 2022 report far out that's a tongue twister <laughs> uh anyway it's a it's a pretty Good report um, came out in the US. It just says that, yes, YouTube is the most popular platform in the world for podcasting. 
For American podcast listeners aged 13 and older, 78% use YouTube to listen to their podcasts. Incredible. This data, even though it says in the world, is a US-only study based on a sample of Edison's infinite dial study. So that's very good data. YouTube is obviously a massive video platform. And, and you see with some of the moves that Spotify has been making, they've started to introduce video. We've talked about this on this podcast before. They've started to introduce video onto the platform to try and kind of you know take back some of that, that share of the audience from YouTube. But... Incredibly, YouTube has had their own little move where they've launched a dedicated podcast homepage. It's only been rolled out in the US so far. Look, I dare say that all the other territories will be soon to follow after this because there are certain things that you know you want to be able to do within within podcasting that maybe aren't necessary to do within uh, YouTube when you're thinking about watching a video or whatever, such as put the phone in your pocket and carry on and do whatever the hell you're doing. Yes. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of functionality changes that try to separate the sort of podcasting from you know the video platform a little bit more but keep them within that one ecosystem to keep you on there all the time and and you know with the algorithms that they have uh discovery which we bang on and on about is going to become easier and easier just listen to the the podcast rabbit hole and and find out a bit about how youtube works its magic that's a great podcast yeah yeah check out rabbit hole i mean i have seen people when i've just been driving commuting and seen people with their phones when sitting in traffic on watching dashboard. YouTube. Yep. Yeah, or just, but they're listening to a podcast. They're yeah. not actually watching a video. They're listening to a podcast. So, yeah. look, this is great. This is a fantastic development. I'm sure TikTok's going to do something as well. So, hey, it's all good for everyone. And it is again, bang back to that thing of our definition of what a podcast is, it's becoming a lot broader. And yeah. I think video is the, we all know that's where it's all going. So, exciting times, Jules. You're right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the episode as always or as per recently. You can find us on Behind the Podcast on Instagram or email us at behindthepodcast at dm.org.au. Peace.